Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Longest running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests, and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine, and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Hello, everybody. It's just after eight o'clock. On a Wednesday evening, I'm John Hindorf. It's Midweek Motorsport, Series 14, Episode 34. And a slightly different and somewhat sombre opening to tonight's programme after the tragic events from Spa at the weekend that saw the death of the young Formula 2 driver uh, Antoine Hubert, who succumbed to his injuries after an accident in the first race, second lap of the first F2 race at Spark the Weekend. Uh, Nick Damon is here. We'll speak with Nick uh, later on. But Tim Gray is up in London. And Tim, a, a young driver, very well thought of, and possibly even on the brink of a Formula 1 career. Uh, very much so. Signed uh, to the Renault Academy uh, last year. Uh, went on to win the GP3 championship after that uh, one of what is widely regarded as a very exciting bunch of young French drivers who are either in or on the verge of Formula 1 Pierre Gasly and uh, Esteban Ocon uh, also in that group Gasly uh, a particularly close friend of Hubert's they lived together for six years uh, all of these drivers and Charles Leclerc uh, who while Monegasque rather than French uh, they all went through karting together. Uh, French motorsport, not necessarily in the the rudest of health, as Uber and Gasly and, and one or two of those other guys were were coming through. Is is it fair to say that that Antoine and and some of his contemporaries, in particular, could could have been born perhaps a little bit too late, maybe twenty years too late? Uh, 20, 20 years too late or two years too early, I suspect. We did go through this period in the noughties where none of the traditional uh, French companies who spent so much of the second half of the 20th century uh, promoting French talent uh, were putting any serious money into the sport. And we went through this period where I think for 12 years we got three drivers out of France uh, Rowan Grosjean, uh, Nicolas Lapierre, mm. uh, actually Alex Premau is part of that group as well. There was this kind of barren spell where French talent just wasn't given the funding to make it mm. uh, to the top. Uh, yeah. And and that's changed recently with the Renault pumping a huge amount of money over the last few years into developing young drivers. And this is... Uh, the result of that, this uh, group of young uh, Frenchmen uh, who we see now in uh, the top single-seater categories. Uh, and and very much Antoine Hubert uh, working hard to get where he was. Uh, Formula 3 and Formula 2, some of his contemporaries had done better, but he wasn't from a moneyed family. Uh, he, he didn't have 
perhaps the the backing that some of his other compatriots had. He, he had to get there purely on talent, which sometimes, let's be honest, nowadays isn't quite enough. No, but he certainly had talent. He was third twice in two consecutive years in the under-18 World Karting Championships. Mm-hmm. He won the French Formula 4 Championship against some very strong opposition uh, in his first season of doing it. Uh, he uh, had a lot of race wins in Formula Renault. Uh, he went on to GP3, won that in uh, 2018 in his uh, second season this year already had race wins in formula two uh with bwt arden uh it's likely that he would have spent a second season in formula two next year Mm. and then had a formula one opportunity uh, in 2021 sadly we have another couple of obituaries to do this week with motorsport connections and the first one is a man described as an engineer industrialist and businessman who chaired Volkswagen Group. It is, of course, Ferdinand Peach, uh, a man who, even in his own autobiography, accepted he was a controversial character. Uh, He was well aware of that reputation that he had, and he said in his autobiography, only when a company is in severe difficulties does it let in someone like me. He was well known for uh, cutting costs and keeping things together indeed his contemporary at GM the man at the top of GM Bob Lutz who I had the great honour of driving around the UK for a while uh, once called him a brilliant despot a description that Ferdinand Page probably would not have been that upset about and he was born in Vienna into one of the great automotive dynasties uh, son of Louise Porsche as was daughter of Ferdinand Porsche grandson then of the man who uh, formed and founded Porsche. Uh, In 1968, he invested two-thirds of the company budget into the 917. He was also the father of the Audi Quattro. He joined VW, and in 1993, when he joined, the annual sales in the US were down to just 62,000 cars, and it was said at the time that VW was three months away from bankruptcy. He slashed the platforms from 19 to 4. He cut jobs. He wasn't always particularly popular, but it was his strategy that led B, uh, that led VW to be the biggest manufacturer of uh, motor cars in the world. The Dieselgate scandal unfolded with him as well, so he has been a divisive character, but perhaps more than anybody else in the European automotive uh, area, he has pushed hard and has rebuilt, had rebuilt what has now become the VAG partnership into the biggest in the world, and let's not forget what he's done for, for motorsport. Uh, as well. Uh, we pass on our respects and condolences to Ursula, his wife, his second wife, uh, and his children as well, of course. Uh, he died on the 25th of August. Uh, and our third obituary tonight uh, goes to race car driver and thrill seeker 
Jessie Combs, who was just 36 when she was attempting to break her own land speed record. And many of you, I'm sure, will only know Jessie from Mythbusters. Um, she um, had been chasing her dream to become the fastest woman on earth, which she uh, did realise. And she broke the women's four wheeled speed record in 2013 with uh, the speed of 398 miles an hour in her jet powered North American Eagle Supreme Speed Challenger. Uh, and she did set a one-way record of 483 miles an hour, but she couldn't get that ratified because of issues on the return run. She was desperate to go back and do it again. Uh, at the time of her death and the accident, she was trying to hit a speed of 619 miles an hour. Uh, as well as Mythbusters, she... Uh, appeared on TV shows including All Girls Garage overhauling as well Jessie Combs who uh, died last week trying to break her own land speed record you're listening to Midweek Motorsport a sombre start to tonight's programme as we mentioned just take a moment or two to remember that motorsport is dangerous and I know it says that on your ticket but we still have to just think for a moment about those that we have lost and those who mean something to us. It's Series 14, Episode 34 of Midweek Motorsport and I hope that you all understand why we will carry on in the way that we would normally on Midweek Motorsport because all of the three people that we talked about had a passion for what they did and they pushed the boundaries of what they did, both on the track and in business. So we'll crack on with tonight's show. And let's start as we normally would have and say to Tim Gray up in London, on a packed show tonight, Tim, we have what? Oh, we have all the usual features. Excellent. Which are? Uh, apart from the fact that we don't have all the usual features. <laughs> we don't have a big interview. No, well, we've, we had one a couple of weeks ago with Johnny. We More don't have a uh, game show. Do we not? No, Quite. not tonight. We haven't had one for a while, actually. We do need one. I've I've been sent some uh, things which could turn into a potential Dale of Ooh, the Century. Really? But I think we need to do something different. I'm I'm getting bored with Dale of the Century. Okay. That's always... See, I'm always in equal measure when you say that, whether it's on air or whether we talk about it... In, at other times, I'm always equally excited and scared about what you're coming up with. Because the last time you said that, we had Dancing with the Plars, which Dancing was genius. Dancing with the Plars, yeah, that was uh, genius. It was genius. I loved it. Tim, you, you were on your f- on form there. Shall I do a few? Uh, uh, for I, know, I haven't told you what else we haven't mm-hmm. got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find some news in Spanish. Right. Uh, we will be talking about... Uh, Spa at the weekend. We'll yes. be looking ahead to Monza. We'll be looking ahead mm-hmm. to the Nurburgring Nordschleife this weekend. Yes, where back it with is VLN. VLN six, six already. Yes, number we'll six. Be, we'll be six. Ah, the joy of sex. We'll be. Uh, we'll be looking back at the end of the Hankook Twenty Four Hour European Series. We've crowned some champions oh, there. Yes, they've got no more European races now. No, I handed out some very lovely cha- uh, championship trophies on. Uh, 
on Sunday afternoon. I thought you said you never left the commentary box. No, it was, that was afterwards. Well, you said all weekend. I never left the commentary box all weekend. Whilst they, there they was were your cars exact on the words. Well, well, obviously I had to leave it when there was no cars on the track. Otherwise, I'd still be there now. Mm. Mm. Uh, we will also have uh, Nick Damon. You got a hot key for him. Good evening, everybody. Oh. Nah, I've got I've uh, got the tone got the down here. Uh, because we're not on to the bit where he would say, Hooray! But we're not on to that bit yet, so no. I can fade him down. Uh, the best story I heard from the W... And we'll be talking about WAC and the ELMS. WAC starting at Silverstone the weekend, ELMS continuing at the at Silverstone the weekend. The best story I heard from the weekend was one of the collective who ran up to someone at Silverstone... I've heard this story. ...who he believed was Nick Damon and shouted... Hang on, let's get the hockey. Hooray! No, that's enough of that. And it, it wasn't. And chap felt very, very awkward. And then the postscript to that was Nick actually walked past him in all his gear with his helmet on that said inappropriate Uncle Nick on it. And he didn't dare say it to him just in case it, it wasn't, wasn't the right person. Well... Nick is famous. He has a catchphrase. Uh, let's do a few bits and pieces from Twitter. I'd spec your tournament, please, this evening. Chris Suku is back in the future. So, EFAs for this week. Moreover, according to the clocks here, the show has already finished in this multiverse. Right, mm. excellent. Um, uh, Laverne Davis Jr., who we haven't had for a while live, is tuning in tonight. LDJ, thank you very much. Good to have you. Uh, midweek studli- studying while listening to Midweek Motorsports says Olivier Gillet. Sorry, Oliver Giles. You were always going to be Olivier Gillet to me from now. Kevin Payne said, uh, after a very enjoyable weekend at Silverstone, uh, I'm listening in. A uh, lot of questions to be asked, not least on success handicapping for LMP1. <sighs> okay. Uh, podcast this week for Jack Gabriel. I think four hours of Silverstone was a good length. It might have been a bit long for my son, Kit, to see the end. We've got some video to prove that. Um, Phil says, At any appropriate time, can you thank all the teams at the WEC and LMS for their access and good nature? No airfares and appropriate respect to all in the motorsport community following the tragic past, following the tragic past weekend. Phil, do you know what? That's a very good point, actually. I said this when, uh, at, at Barcelona, and I've said it before when we do end-of-season uh, award ceremonies. We can't do our job without the teams, the drivers, the PRs, everybody else helping us out. And we get great access, and it's much appreciated. So well done for reminding us about that. Right Turn Lovers tuned in. Uh, Rob Jana listening from a wet Silverstone. Why he's working tonight. Uh, Brody. No FAs tonight, just in time for a few after-work adult beverages for what he expects to be a respectful show. I hope you thought it was respectful, Brody and everybody else. Uh, Carol Deer, uh, sorry, Carol Brink is looking at the Deers uh, to listen to Midweek Motorsport. Uh, if Deer. it has hoofs and Keith score. Hooves. Hooves, yes, I, I read that literally. DTB, David Two Bruce, not unpacked from Silverstone, but ready for midweek motorsport. Fabulous work from the RSL team over the weekend. It was. I listened to some of it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Megan's motorsport still buzzing from the weekend. And I know he met Joe Bradley. And if he's still b- buzzing after meeting Joe Bradley, well, 
Listening he live. He wasn't on Friday then. Yeah, de- no, no, he wasn't listening on Friday, clearly. Uh, Dedrick Baker's listening live tonight. Alex Orkin, uh, I'll be with you shortly, feeding the rugby star. Uh, hang on. Not just the medal-winning rugby star, Alex, thank you. EMR, Adrian Michael Reese is in as well. Uh, Does Bruce Kevin... Jones now have a medal-winning rugby star? Oh, oh, I don't know. Do we have to ask? I will. Ma- that, that's a question for next time we see him. Right, excellent. Rory, I presume. Kevin Payne says, a, diff- a very respectful and difficult start in a midweek motorsport, a fitting tribute to Antoine Hubert. Thankfully, I've been able to avoid seeing the unnecessary and disrespectful videos people have been posting. You'll get no um, truck from me uh, on that. Kevin, thank you for your kind words. Uh, hello to Sarah Rigby. The the uh, the remembrance, uh, the role of remembrance, uh, the role of honour is growing, she says. Absolutely right. Uh, Christian Rose says, tuned in while also hoping for an Essex T20 win. Oh, we'll have to have some live cricket scores tonight. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who's tweeted in at Specutainment. Uh, let's get to our top story, Tim Gray. Shuffle your papers and we'll crack on with this jingle. Oh, no, you asked for jingles. I don't have any jingles. <laughs> Where do you want to start tonight, then? Uh, let's try this. All the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport. Thanks to 157 for five. Oh, are they? Right. Did we get no further play in the test match, by the way? Because that was looked what, like... after a... lunch? Well, no, there was a bit more. Then it rained, and then there was a bit more, then it rained, and then there was a bit more, then it rained... Again. Oh, I must have missed that uh, last lot of rain. Right. Uh, I was glued to that today. Glued. 70 for three, that finished at close of play. So Excellent. You tell me whether that was a score when you stopped watching. Yeah, it was, it was about 160-something, so they must have got a couple of more overs. Uh, shall we start with WEC tonight, as it was the start? You want to talk about graphics. Well, no, I don't. I, no, yes, not you at do. all. You told me you wanted to talk about graphics. No, no, I, I, was, that was, I was having a private conversation with you. I want to talk about the WEC first round. At Silverstone, and Nick Damon, who was there, is here. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, John. Good evening, everybody. Um, I was. I, if you want to talk about graphics, I will. I, I like felt like them. I was having a stroke looking I at like the graphics. I like them a lot. You like them a lot. Yeah, they were a little bit busy, and you did make a very good point that the camera people weren't used to where they were yet. So they weren't. Well, no, I don't think they're seeing them. Um, I no, think they're the on return. Don't see them, but you, but you have to tell the cameraman to keep the top left free. You know, it's not difficult. That's what I even tell my boys to do that, so it's not an issue. Um, I like them. I like them. The floating graphics. It was good. The only thing that I didn't like about them, other than the fact that it was far too much on the screen and it looked like a video game before you turned all the nonsense off that you don't need, is the shading underneath from the left-hand side and from the bottom up. It makes me think, why have I bothered to have a 16.9 television when actually all I need is an old-fashioned 4.3 because that's the bit I want to see. But you want to see the graphics that are in no, I don't. those parts of the screen. No, I don't. I don't, because they were blocking it out. Mm. And there's no reason to have... That's just the the cameramen not being used to the framing. So once they get used to that, that'll be fine. You need to have 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 the gradation. Otherwise, white text, when they're 
on a wide shot which includes lots of cloudy sky, you're going to not be able to read it. But there wasn't enough wide shots, that's the problem. They were on tight shots too much and there was too much text over action. And the other thing is, you're taking up a quarter of the screen on the left-hand side that is faded out to the point that I can't see through it. And on an onboard shot, that's the bit where the driver oh, and the well, driver's hand the is. The thing you have to remember is about graphics, and it's quite an interesting fact this, is that graphics have to get bigger because viewing is moving oddly to smaller screens. People are looking at them on their phone and they're looking at it, watching it on their pads, and therefore they actually need bigger graphics, oddly, even though we're all sitting at home thinking I've got a 65-inch TV screen. The way that mm. viewing figures are going now, viewing um, We should get Shion going... about this because she used to do dra- graphics. P- but... pe- people watching on the app need big, big text. Mm. See, Formula One graphics are fine. I can watch that on my phone. I can read them. It's perfect. Yeah. I don't need any more than Formula One has. I don't need to have the the biggest thing I have the problem with is that grey yeah, I mean, on I, the side and on the bottom. Yeah, the, the grey the gradient grey. I mean, and they, they, they did they did have an issue which they didn't do what you should do sometimes. Is it, 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 when another graphic came on, they just laid it over the top rather than mm. taking your previous one off. But I like the overall design. I thought was quite fresh and I liked it. And it's the first race, and they'll they'll, they'll obviously give it a chance to. Um, Bed down, though, won't they? And they'll make it better. Well, you'd hope so. Because I couldn't watch it. I felt like I was having a stroke. I had no peripheral vision at all. It was dragging me in. Well, I was watching it on massive, a massive screen on the pit lane, mostly. So it was good. I liked it. You should have been working, Nick. I was, but I didn't know what was going on. I can't make it all up. <laughs> no. That's true. Well, you could. I could, actually, yeah. The result would be the same. You could also just talk to people and listen to commentary. Yeah, but that's like a bit passe, isn't it? Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about four hours of Silverstone, Mm. not six. Um, I wanted to talk about the people that didn't turn up. um, Yeah. And on Sunday in particular. And whether it was uh, the result that everybody expected with the new success ballast and etc and how that worked I think you the were effects, there Nick the effects of the new success ballast won't be seen until round two well except that everyone, everyone started with zero well except the Toyotas were 100 14, kilo they got 14 kilos stuck on for this particular race yes um, 100 kilos the, the first TSO thing... 50s were 100 kilos heavier than they had been first for last first, year's race. One thing I would definitely say is um, how nice it was to be at Silverstone, which is not something I've said in the past as much. Um, even the security guards were friendly. It was um, it was a really uh, pleasant atmosphere to be in. Um, mm-hmm. And the both the pits were nice. Uh, the Elms pit, uh, we got some good weather for good racing, which was great. Um, it was a really well-run, efficiently-run event. Uh, it had... I thought some some good competition. Uh, Sunday was a bit flat. It was a bit flat because they they took two hours off the time. Whatever you see as a number come out, I'll tell you now. I think there were ten thousand less people, so we had fewer, 20, fewer people. So we had thirty thousand last year. There were twenty thousand this year, mm-hmm. and the only reason they wouldn't come is because of the reduction in time. Sunday only also had because it eight. was clashing with the Formula One Grand Prix at Spa. Does which not, it's never done before. Yeah, I mean that doesn't help, but I don't think it makes a major difference because they're telling me Spa's a popular race, though, isn't it? With the Dutch. Um, the well, not after ra- not <laughs> after lap one. Shh, we'll get that later. Mm. Um, In fact, not after corner one. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I remember think, who I was with. I do, yeah. I do think that, they, that what they should have done, I was just talking to your, your, your lovely wife earlier, and what they could have done, they got two hours to fill. If they stuck on a 50-minute Group C race, everyone would be chuffed a bit. And they'd fill it in with an hour, stick on some classics running around, everyone would go, oh, fantastic. Saturday was and a then, fantastic day. Yeah, but that's... Practising qualifying for... Uh, or qualifying and the race for ELMS, and very good practice race. and qualifying for WEC, and One a Porsche choice. Carrera Cup uh, GT3 challenge. And then on and Sunday you get... qualifying for that as well. On Sunday you get a Porsche race, a gap, and a four-hour endurance race. I know it's more than you get for an F1 race, for an F1 weekend as far as your cars going round and racing, mm, but it's endurance. I, I still, I think, I don't... I know that some people, even some quite well-known people I spoke to afterwards, thought four hours was pretty good. I didn't like it. You just got started and it finished. I um. Would it have affected the result of the race? No. If it had been two hours longer? Uh, no, no, the Toyotas would just been further ahead. We'll come to that in a moment. Well, they, no, not, it wouldn't have affected the overall result, no. I mean, but... Um, there's a lot more strategy. The other out. Toyota would have And there's won. also three other classes. No, no. Uh, I I was, obviously, I was in Barcelona having a 24-hour race where the <laughs> leaders never were more than a minute apart other than when they were in the pits, which was quite extraordinary. And that was the best endurance race I have ever seen. It used to be the Nürburgring 24 hours from this year was the best endurance race I've ever seen. But start to finish, in terms of the overall... What I saw at the Barcelona 24 was just extraordinary. We had a huge amount of people who came in from 10 o'clock at night and stayed till 5 o'clock in the morning, which was bonkers. Well, it was a bit too hot to be out there in the day, well, wasn't it? Uh, fair point, well made and lo- well presented. Um, I, I, what I, I followed Silverstone listening to you when I could and also looking at Twitter. It, it seems that fans who posted mostly wanted the longer race back. And... I'm gonna I'm gonna put this right out here right now, and we know Gerard Navot listens to the show, and we know that Pierre Fillon is uh, not immune to listen listening. Gerard Navot, the man at the top of the WAC, Gerard, uh, Pierre Fillon, the president of the ACO, um, Pierre is not immune to listening to what goes on. Gerard absolutely is on top of the Vox Populi, so. I'm going to tell you now that it'll be back to six hours next year. I'm going to say that right here, right now, and I will eat a marinated hat if it isn't. Seems fair enough. That's uh, I will start. I'll, I'll get a nice trilby in pickle tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get it, get it on now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I never understood why they did it this first race. They wanted to start off, kick off with a four-hour race at the place where they one of the few places they can get a crowd. Mm. Let's be really honest about this. Um, but they've tried it. Um, They've obviously got a lovely variance of races, which is nice. But... Which, the, which, which the fans did ask for. Mm. Let's let's be honest. Let's be, be honest. Careful what you ask for. I suppose, the well, is. yes, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the race itself. The two Toyotas won, uh, and yeah, won and, and, by and, a lap and a bit. And in, that is the that is the disappointing thing, is that they would have won if we'd had a dry race. They'd have been three laps ahead. Yeah. A lot of their advantage went because it, the rain was a great leveller, which was good. Even with a four-wheel drive car? It's a great leveller, yeah. They, they, they were struggling. Well, the, the reason was when the, when the rain actually came down harder, they thought it, was gonna, it wasn't going to come... They thought they were, going, they thought they were getting one shower. Mm-hmm. They stayed out 
and then it rained again and they were losing 17 seconds a lap until they had to come in so they didn't save the stop and they lost five laps of 17 seconds and there were two safety cars as well which which bunched people up so um they would have won by three laps possibly four on a clear run um uh, it was the number seven car the conway kobayashi and uh lopez junior car that won by actually not very much just under two seconds well, they, were, they were playing silly bees weren't they they were moving around a bit and, and then swapping them back and then in the, in the last um sector they were playing yeah, you can get as close as like you aren't allowed to overtake so they were they were mucking about a little bit with, with who was where and whatever but they are hugely faster still uh, Rebellion a lap back, uh, Natalian Berton, Pipo Durrani and Loic Duval. Um, the wrong car for Rebellion yes, came cause, third because well, that car is not going to do the full season. Yeah, because the right car made a massive error in pit stop and obviously, unfortunately, quite badly injured one of the um, mechanics, broke his foot. Um, he's he's going to be fine, but he's obviously in pain. Uh, but at the same time, that meant they missed it. They loused up the stop. They had extra time. Um, and they also got wheeled into the garage for for something for about half a lap as well. So they had a two or three little, little itty-bitty problems on that second Rebellion car. Uh, fourth position, the second of the privateers. That was the Team LNT number five car. Charlie Robinson, Ben Hanley and Igor Um Uniquely uh, in the top four, uh, did its best lap of the race uh, outside the first ten laps. They yeah, did because... it on, on the 100. They were just getting better as they went on you know it's been tough for Lawrence Tomlinson it's been tough for team LNT and Janetta and they you know we, we talked about this last week they're effectively doing some testing here in public and they've got a car home fourth all right they were five laps back from the leaders four but, laps back from the best of the rebellions yeah, but they were, they were there yeah they were there they they're not missing that much they're missing probably a second the second and a half a lap at Silverstone they're at least at the beginning part of the development. The car looked good. Um, it's very, very quick. So you get to a you get to a, a less downforcey. That's not a word I realise. Uh, it is now. Um, and they're <laughs> going to have a massive advantage. They were 12 clicks faster than the Toyotas. Mm-hmm. Of the hangar straight because um, because they've not got enough downforce, but at least they they're not carrying a, a drag uh, deficit as well. LMP2 cool racing. Nico Lapierre. That's your answer. That <laughs> we did see when Shea and Trusses were doing the preview. You know, Antoine Barga, uh, Alex Cogni. And they. Um, well, they didn't have Alex Cogni, of course. Of course, yes, because. Of an accident in the LMS race. So he did his leg, which meant they ended up with a slightly better inverted commas pairing. Um, which well, see, that's the other thing easier. about that four hours, isn't it? Yeah. You have to faff on to get three drivers through it. So if you yeah. only had two drivers, you were actually slightly better off. Yeah, because the fastest car for most of that f- uh, that race was the Racing Team Nederland car. Mm. Uh, but Fritz when, van Erd, when Fritz van Erd, van der Gerd, Fritz van Erd, and Job van Utet. runs the team and owns the team, so it's fine. But he obviously was a lot wasn't as quick as Gita van der Gerd or um, Jürgen van Aert. So that was that's where that one slipped back. Uh, in GTE Pro, very small field, small but perfectly formed, in fairness. And Porsche 1 and 2. Look at my that? face. Because it rained. Look at my face. I know, I'm not surprised. Though, actually, because the mid-engine Porsche is just as good in the wet as the rear-engine Porsche. It's interesting, isn't it? We had um, uh, we had Bamthor talking about this uh, on a recent IMSA uh, Michelin countdown to green. When I was, I did an interview with them on uh, one of our dealer nights that we were doing, and what's interesting is moving the engine in the middle. 
the tracks that were always good for Porsche and the conditions that were always good for Porsche have not changed. Sadly, as they said, the tracks that weren't any good for them and the conditions that aren't any good for them have also not changed. The actual weight distribution hasn't changed that much. It's all about the aero. It's less than 5% the yeah, range It's to give them the, the, the run of the diffuser, mm. isn't it? Um, but uh, as always, of course, GTE Pro was ridiculously close the whole way through. We, only, we lost good. one car, um, which was the... Uh, the... Molina uh, AF course car mm-hmm. um, when there was a misunderstanding with Ollie Jarvis in the other um, does that mean they're coming Lansing. together yeah I mean but the thing is it's not like you know it is Ollie Jarvis and it is Miguel Molina it was it was a misunderstanding if you looked if you looked at it you could think well yeah in fact no it was an NFA from the um, well it was a kind of a postponed uh, penalty given to Jarvis, which I thought was a bit unfair. Looking at the replay, the one, one, the one angle I saw, it was, the, you know, six one half as the other. I mean, perhaps some other angles, it just made Ollie look a little bit worse. I think the fact that Ollie came off it with literally the only damage was a slightly damaged number panel, whereas Molina bumped off and and the car was was damaged and had to stop in the barriers and it caused a second safety car. Mm. May have influenced the decision to give him a kind of a uh, a suspended slap on the wrist, but. Mm. Um, yeah, but the rest, of the rest of these six six perfectly formed GTE cars were, you know, nailed together really. Uh, for Alex Lynn and Max Martin, they got third for Aston Martin yeah, racing, and they're what seven seconds off the win. Yeah, you can't argue with that. In GTE Am, it was one of the nicest men in the paddock. In a paddock that has a lot of nice people, Francois Perodo, Emmanuel Collard, uh, with uh, the eighty three. Mm-hmm. AF Corsa ahead of the new Aston Martin Racing AM team of the amateur driver Paul Dallalana and two factory drivers, Darren Turner and Ross Gunn. Now, how's Ross Gunn a silver driver when he admits, and Aston Martin admits, that he's a paid factory driver? He's got to be a platinum driver, never mind a gold for that. That's controversial, isn't it? There's, a, there's enough grey areas in a number of these things. Cause you, 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 it's, yeah, I mean theoretically yes, but it's about results as well, isn't it? And and just because you pick up a, a deal at the factory, does that necessarily mean you know you're? I don't know. It's 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 fine. I, I think on speed it's fine. I don't think he's. I don't think Ross is massively quicker than, than many other young silvers. But he okay. I have just no. I have no way of being able to justify why Ross Gunn isn't a platinum driver. Now, mind a gold driver, a platinum driver. I love the guys at Aston Martin Racing. I'm not saying they've done anything wrong. They haven't. But Ross Gunn is paid by the factory to develop and drive Aston Martin Racing cars. He's a platinum driver. And Turner, see above answer, shouldn't be allowed to have those two in the cars. He shouldn't have been allowed to be in the IMS at GS category, which I alluded to at VIR. Um, about how seriously Aston Martin were taking that. Uh, something's got to be done about that, in my mind. Uh, Mr. Racing, MR Racing, uh, with Ishikawa Beretta and Cosolino came in third position. That's uh, another Ferrari, of course. Yeah, they had a couple of there was a couple of Ferraris. I can't look at some coming. There was a double Ferrari coming together. I don't think it involved either of those. Um, they hit there early on. I think it may be one of them, but um, that was that was. Uh... Now I'm not an expert in anything. Well, I, I have that. I have I have an opinion on everything. It's often two opinions. Sometimes Con- more. Often contrary opinions in the same conversation. Sometimes in the same sentence. <laughs> um, however, yes. 
Team Project One. Yes. The the Porsche. Yes. This is Ben Keating and Jerome Bleakamullen with uh, Jerome yeah. Bleakamullen with Philippe Fraga. Mm-hmm. Now. Do you want a third attempt at pronouncing Jerome Bleakamullen? Jerome Bleakamullen. There you go. Um, Jerry B. Jerry B. And does Ben need to employ someone purely to make sure his cars in which he gets his bum into are actually legal at any stage of a weekend? <laughs> well, the reason they misqualified like was a flywheel failure. Hmm? The reason they missed qualifying, which is why they're back there, was a flywheel failure, apparently. So it was an engine problem, mm. apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Who knows? The, the car went mad. Didn't, yeah, so they, they, they did all right at that point. Uh, well done to Johnny Morlam, Chris Hollings and Bonamy Grimes. Uh, they were up there and did a reasonable job, although dropped away a little bit. But they were on a whole bunch of cars that were fighting for position. Uh, it was a horrible weekend for Dempsey Proton. Proton. Racing, they didn't really get their act together, and their cars were down. And uh, Philip Hansen, Philip Albuquerque, far more horrible week for Yamaha Autosports, and because both their brand new Oracles broke down, both in the ELMS and in this. Yes, um, and uh, they finished dead last, 127 laps off. behind. So they finished on that three, they broke down. Mm. Um, ultimately, in WEC, it's the first. Race of the new season, they go on October the 4th to the six hours of Fuji, which clashes with something. Oh, it clashes with the TCR 500. And the uh, world large touring car championship from uh, from uh, Portugal. Does it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, no, we have the world large scale touring car championship because it's, it's one to one. One to one, yes. Right. Well, I've got the more, more scaled down scale version. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are they? What scale are they? One fifth. Uh, right. Okay. One to five. It's quite large. It's large. About that. It's not one to have one, you seen that it? video of the fifth scale Concorde? Yes, I have. Oh, magnificent. magnificent. Have you seen the, I think, sixth scale Airbus? Yeah. Uh, A380. The A380. Oh, yeah. we're all over the place. Let's do, <laughs> before we move on, let's move on to some ad spec entertainment uh, here. Miggins Motorsport. Uh, during the conversation with Blackpool Charlie, the issue of camera angles, lines of sight and shot frames were a major major issue to the television coverage. Fabian W don't like the left-hand side graphics in WEC. Uh, Rob Jainer uh, missed my annual conversation with RC Racing and Bradders because I was marshalling on the outside of the pit lane. Didn't see any graphics and not many spectators. Alexander Orkin uh, says, sorry, you. I couldn't be there. Yeah. Dave Alcock says... Still getting my head around the fact that Porsche have launched an electric sports car. That happened today, the Taycan. Taycan. Uh, Porsche GB arranged a great event at their dealer showrooms. And I liked it. Just need the financial details now. 60 grand. It's a bargain. Nick, do you go and see the film? What film? Oh, oh, Lego. Playmobil. No. Yeah, no. Playmobil. I didn't see the that Playmobil was, film. That was Mission E. That one. St- still out in... Uh, I'm not going to go and see it. Uh, Alan Prosser. This is a bit harsh, but I'm going to go with it. Is anyone actually watching FIA WEC at all? I've got Sky and Sky Go. It wasn't there live. IMSA is so much better because the stream is free. Please, IMSA don't change anything. Yes. That is the question they're going to have to answer, isn't it? About how they... Whether whether WEC can justify the way it's currently presented. It's it's not an answer we can make because we don't have their figures and we don't have their financial model. We don't know how it's working. But to me, it's a little bit hard to find, even when the four-hour race came out, which is way more TV-friendly. Mm. So 
what you know, what you know, I think you I think you've got to meet him with Gerard in a few months. So, um, what what um, in terms of no, okay, I'm going to leave that. Uh, David Two Bruce says the LMS WEC weekend at Silverstone was a great event, not just good racing, but loads for the kids. My ten-year-old daughter and her friends had lots of fun, tons for them to do, great stuff. See, you can't argue with that, can you? No. no. Which is great. No, I'm pleased about because the the, the the village has quite looked pretty good, and uh, you know, the, and I think they had um, there was a quite a bit of bits and bobs to to, to look at outside, both behind the um, the wing pits and elsewhere. But mm. had a few people saying that a lot of that wasn't open on the Friday, though. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it, they, they were still setting up actually on some of that some of the uh, the stuff behind the uh, the wing, which is a bit odd, really. But I suppose Friday is just practice. I suppose they are trying to get the weekend crowd in. But Mickey Heath says it was on Eurosport. Eurosport revoiced it again, though, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Chris and um, Chris Mark, Parsons and, and Mark Court, and they revoiced the highlight show. They well, all, I, they did I've their own never understood show. the desire of Eurosport it's to about getting in and out of that ads, which are perfectly voiced already. It's about getting in and out of that ad breaks when you've got an international feed. Um, and you're doing it in 27 languages simultaneously. Correct. Stop exactly. Talking. Right. Carry on. <laughs> and cue on. Um, it was on uh, BBC, uh, Eurosport and BT. BBC surely missing a trick in the UK, not trying to get the WEC rights. Um, not sure they've been offered them, to be honest, but it would make sense. Uh, I have no BBC's issue... BBC's model is to not pay for anything, and uh, WEC wants money. Uh, Daniel M says, I have no issue with a shorter race if there's a good reason for it, like a full schedule with multiple series on the weekend. Maybe a track where it makes sense. I don't see why they did a four-hour race at Silverstone. Sarah Rigby, uh, I'm still buzzing about the 98 Aston Martin finishing P2 in GT. Arm, great full season debut by Ross Gunn Racing. Not an amateur, though. <laughs> Stop it. No, I'm sorry, he's not. He really isn't. Uh, what else have we got? Alan Prosser, I looked on the Sky TV guide, that's in the UK, so only saw Eurosport coverage for the last half an hour. I'm not going to spend extra money. For BT, just to watch WEC, I think we've been spoiled with IMSA Racing and Creventic, where it's all free. Uh, I love all motorsport, but I can't justify it. Uh, just the first and last hours broadcast in the US, says Carol. It was streamed for a fee, but pesky time zones made the start at 4am uh, here in California a little difficult. Uh, the various race length issue in WEC has been addressed very well with Sebring 1000 kilometers i think it's a thousand miles isn't it i think a wec race needs to be a minimum of six hours um if they do change the silverstone six uh back to six it, it, they deserve our sincere gratitude gerard Navo and pierre if the, i i'm a dutchman literally i am a dutchman if if that doesn't happen next year um andrew muggeridge as i've said many times i went on sunday because of the reduction in the sorry i didn't uh, <laughs> right, as I've said many times, I went on Sunday purely because of the reduction in the WEC uh, race. What? It was a super day, but one complaint, the ELMS pit walk and autograph session was happening at the same time as the WEC LMP qualifying, so you couldn't see both. I've had a few people mention that, actually. Mm. few people mention that, and you couldn't hear what was going on either. Uh, Gun not the first work, Silver. A couple of van der Linders could be mentioned. Uh, Adris van Tour, and that's just the brothers, says RTL. Mm. Yes. Uh, the entire race wasn't fully live in the States. Motor Trend aired the first and last hours over. That is LA Filippone. Uh, 
unfortunately, hunted Sky and Europort and Sky Arts. Uh, saw it in BT Sport and side. Had to watch it on my phone where the smoky graphics felt tacky, says Chris Coffin. <laughs> Hello, Chris. Uh, right, I'm, I'm with you on that. The village seems smaller this year than previous years. TV coverage-wise, I see it on BC, BT Sport. Only as a product of free access. I wouldn't see it if it was a paid-for service. And Jeff Doughty says, we're Friday in the Fran Zone. Traders were originally told it wouldn't be open on Friday as it wasn't open last year. But the organisers changed their mind, hence some of the traders were still setting up. Fair okay. Uh, Brian Dawkins says, name an, another sporting event that, or result you could get really excited about knowing the better team is performing with a significant legislated handicap as Toyota was. Hmm? Uh, David Two Bruce, I'll go out on, a, on a, a limb here. Move the wet race to Saturday when we're all camping anyway. Make it an eight-hour race. Let them race in the night. So the kids can see a bit of night racing. Can't do it because they curfew. There's well, no Saturday curfew. You can. Can you? Yeah. Silverstone has no official curfew. It's a curfew, Saturday. isn't it? No, it has no um, sound rules. Things rules. Okay. They police themselves. There is a period on Sunday morning where they must be quiet for oh, church reasons. Break. I think that's very, very fair from everybody. And uh, thank you for that. Your tweets, please, to at Specutainment. Just to, just to sum up, I really enjoyed the weekend. I thought it was well, great. And I really enjoyed the race, and I thought WC did a good job. It was, nothing's perfect. Did a good job. And I really enjoyed the LMS as well. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a fanboy now. We'll get back to <laughs> ELMS. Do you want to do ELMS now, Tim, no. or do you want to come back? I want to come back to it. Right, OK. Uh, you listen to right midweek now, I want to tell you that uh, it started raining in Chesley Street. Oh, right. So what's happening at the Durham game? No, Durham aren't playing. That's Lancashire versus Essex. Not Chesley Street. That's where Durham play. Yeah, that's No, say. Lancashire versus Essex is Chesley Street. There's a reason why Lancashire couldn't play at their normal ground, isn't there? I was in uh, there's a test match. Or knocking about. Of course there is. Well, yes. Hang on, so right, Durham's no, no. near... Durham's the wrong... No, Durham's... No, Durham. Well, they wouldn't play in Yorkshire, would they? Well, couldn't they go south? Mm. All, did, is there not another... Does Lancashire not have another ground? Because, like, even Kent, they play in Cantry, but they also play in Maidstone. There's not a second... Yeah, and Sussex play at Arundel, and Hampshire play in uh, Basingstoke. I'm very shocked. But yeah, Chesley Street it is, uh, and uh, Essex 14 for 1. Ah, uh, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, John, because they won't have lights elsewhere. Ah, uh, that's very good. They'll need the lights. That's very good. Essex need 100, needed 160 to win. Yes. Uh, to start tonight. Well, let's hope that uh, the rain is only short. Uh, USA beat Portugal 3 0. Girls apparently. football. Ladies football. Isn't it? It's just football. No, it's. It, it, USA 3 0, mm-hmm. Portugal, not a surprise in women's football, mm-hmm. big surprise in men's football. Well, you don't know now. Uh, moving on. Uh, I've come up with an idea for a game show. Oh, Hello. have you? Yeah. Right. Listen to this. I haven't come up with the. I haven't come up with a mechanic for it yet, it's just the name. That's. I'm going to fade Nick down because he's eating. He's, I thought you were eating your dessert there already. What's this? Is it's not a supermarket sweep, is it? It's not supermarket sweep. We've done that. What is one is it? That's really recognisable, who is it? Nice to see you to see you. Nice! No, that wasn't the generation game. No. <laughs> Play your cards right. Play your cards right it is. 
And now our dolly dealers, they used to call them in the uh, very woke 70s. So, uh... <laughs> We could do play your carts right. Oh, very good. Ooh, see what you did there. Right, <laughs> let's do that. Might be a bit niche, but <laughs> I'll come up with I'll come up with the mechanic for it next week. So it's a Birrell versus a Tony, is it? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a two-stroke mechanic, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> right, moving on. Some Adrian Michael Reese has just said, "Oh, what about the Price Corby's race?" Corby's you right. see that you can move yeah, on yeah, from the price is right, right. The price Corby's right. The Tom Price is right. Tom Price is right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the Price is right could be moved on to people whose drivers' names were Price. Very good. You're listening to Midweek Motorsports Series 14, Episode 34. We've done WEC. We'll come back to ELMS. Shea Adam coming up as well. We'll be talking sports cars. <laughs> Excuse me. Easy for you to say. <coughs> I'm sorry. I seem to not have anything to drink here. Oh, you down you down something alcoholic? Mm. No, anything to drink. Not water or anything. I've I've had a terrible didn't strategic allowed, didn't, didn't mis- know you're allowed to drink water. I try not to. Uh, Tim, where would you like to go next? I did offer you a uh, drinks fridge for your studio, and you never replied. <coughs> Sorry, that's one way around, isn't it? Turning it up to cough. To be fair, it would have been empty, so it wouldn't have helped you in this situation. Could have stuck my head in it and not been quite so loud when I cough. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, should we do some Formula One? Hooray! <laughs> have you stopped yet? <laughs> have you t- took your headset off? I have, yeah. He stopped. I've stopped. There we go. Uh, Belgian Grand Prix yes. at the weekend. We'll come on to that in a moment. Okay. But this weekend it's the Italian Grand Prix mm. at Monza, yep. and the Italian Grand Prix is going to be at Monza for the next five years. It was announced today. Wow! This, what a surprise! It, it surprised nobody. That's that's just unbelievable. It wasn't like we said it when May, April, but they do love announcing the renewal of a contract just before the race that weekend, isn't it? That's the new thing, even though yes. it's going on. So I'm sure the the, the, the Mexico one will be announced even though it's on the calendar, as released last week, um, in time of the Mexican race, yeah. Uh, But it's not the only Monza news this week. Is it not? No, because Monza has secured its place on another calendar. Yes, the Deutsche Touring Weichermeisterkopf. Is that it? Masters? Masters. Masters, yeah, DTM. So they'll be able to have a large accent on turn one as well. Uh, Not the first time DTM's gone to Italy. But they had Masana before, weren't they? Uh, yes, and before that, Adria, and before that, Mugello. I don't know where Adria is. Adria, it's near Venice. Ah, uh, okay. John's been there. I've commentated on the race there. Super Formula? Super League Formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've also been to Mugello. I can't imagine how they had had DTM cars at Mugello. Well, they, they, the DTM cars go a number of strange places. I mean, no, I mean, fabulously, I can't imagine, mm. in a kind of hashtag bonkers stuff. Remember, DTM's been to Zandvoort regularly. Apparently they're putting F1 to Zandvoort. That's definitely overtaking fest, isn't it, next April? Next May, sorry. Nice and chilly. Uh, it, the announcement doesn't mention whether Monza is replacing Mizano or not. In fact, it doesn't mention Mizano at all, which suggests that uh, it, it probably is. They're not going to be to Italy twice, are they? Well, who knows? Well, it's yeah, an Italian team, jo- Italian manufacturer joins, and there aren't any, so it's not going to happen. So, uh, 
Zandvoort not on the Formula 1 calendar this year, it is next year, but for this year it meant that Spa was the local race for Dutch hero Max Verstappen. I've heard of him. Who managed to get to the end of the first sector before retiring, having already crashed three times, twice as the same driver. <laughs> yes, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest start, was he? Now, well, just can I just remind everybody where I was, which was in Spain and Barcelona at the Circuit de Catalunya. Sorry, Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya, because Barcelona actually sponsors the circuit. And what was I doing? Uh, you were doing a Creventic event, and you were doing a presentation to the Creventic teams, which we stopped. The start, to watch of the, the start of the Grand Prix. So would there, would there have been ju- a number of Dutch people there by any chance? We started pretty shortly again after <laughs> the start of the Grand Prix because anybody wearing orange had lost interest at that uh, point. He did, yeah, it was a, it was a not. It's one of those things that happened at Spa. I mean, it's, it, people were blaming him for it, but he made a poor start. Tried to. Um, Come up the inside of some, but it was it was a gap that was closed. He got his front wheel clunked, and that uh, effectively by Raikkonen, who didn't know he was there, broke his steering arm. He then then didn't steer effectively, just drifted into uh, Raikkonen again, and then at the first major corner, obviously couldn't turn, so just went into the wall. D- uh, uh, didn't understand why he was driving so fast with broken suspension. No, I couldn't understand why he didn't didn't realise he wasn't steering properly. That was a, that was a weird thing. Why he didn't go? Oh, now I realise he's sitting lower down. Than the camera that's on board. It must feel wrong, surely. Yes. Um, I realise he's sitting down, but all of his engineers must have been able to see the onboard camera and seen the fact that the front suspension was completely and utterly paggered. Yes, he's, well, and it was wobbling around because he snapped the steering. No, the steering link's wrong. The one person who's allowed to talk to him on the radio might not have been seeing that though. Not even say you must. You must feel wrong. So why are you going? Virtually, mm. you, you just t- yeah. But anyway, so it wasn't the great start, and um, obviously he's no longer the greatest driver ever uh, for a week until he's, he's the greatest driver again next week after he starts the back of the grid this weekend and gets up to fifth or fourth if one of the top four retires. Uh, who started the back th- at Spa? Everybody. Uh, Albon. Albon is the one we're talking about. Yes, so Max Verstappen's te- new teammate. Yes. And he did very well. He overtook people, which is a good start. But he did actually get himself up to fifth place, which actually is where you would expect the Red Bull to get itself to, given the fact that there were other cars, not yeah, the, other, the other Red Bull wasn't there. So he achieved what you would expect, even from the back, especially on a track where it's easy to overtake. So he uh, effectively scored par. So well done to score par on your first race, Mr. Albon. He was, he did, in fairness, he did make it happen in the second half of the race. Oh, he really did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's easy to be... I think yeah, they, they, what they were trying to say, they didn't think um, Mr. Gasly would have done the same thing. Can't tell, but certainly I'm prepared to uh, uh, push the envelope of the concept of overtaking, especially when it passed Perez and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was, good, good, it was a good performance by Alex. I mean, he's, he's got a bigger test this weekend, again, because they've already said that they're taking a complete set of engine parts for Verstappen, so he'll start at the back. Um, Albon obviously should start in the top five or six. And he'll be effectively, therefore, wanting to still be ahead of Verstappen at the end. Otherwise, it'd be just as business as usual as far as uh, second drivers in that team. Who had a disappointing final lap? Uh, Landon Norris. He didn't have one. Yeah. Well, he had he had about seven yards of it. Um, uh, dropped from fifth to eleventh. They're very unlucky. Very unlucky. Um, he made the most of um, good fortune on the first lap, and you know nothing wrong with having good fortune. He wheedled his way into fifth place. Uh, effectively held it very well for a couple of laps then managed to ease away from Grosjean who was 6th and ended up a bit of a roadblock as the Haas went off as it always does had a very very 
comfortable fifth place and the vibration got worse and worse and worse and then the rear engine went ping annoyingly on the last lap. Uh, he wasn't the only person with a Renault engine that had problems. Um, well, Carlos Sainz's engine didn't, didn't work either, but cause and effect of whether the stall on the on the problems, on the, which were the problems with the engine, ended up being the reason it stopped. Uh, who else has engine problems? Is that the only one? Um, uh, Carlos Sainz was the one I wanted to okay. talk about. Okay, and then Danny Rick had a terrible uh, strategy, and Hulkenberg got a couple of points after being fired, of course, at the weekend. Um, just but just said that the, obviously the we're going to talk about the driver changes for next year. Yeah, so let's do that now. Um, well, so Bottas retained. Bottas surprising. is not a driver change. No, and as I said last week, I'm surprised that they went through the whole rigmarole of we're, cho- we're choosing between um, Ocon and Bottas and then sticking with Bottas. It makes no sense managerially. Um, so I'm not sure why they did that. You know, that's why I was surprised. I wasn't surprised by last week. It's obvious, but I was surprised. Yeah, if you'd asked me at the start of the summer break what they're going to do, I'd have thought they're going to go for Ocon because it makes sense purely from a management style. Um, but he hasn't. Ocon has taken, uh, has got a drive with uh, Renault a year after not getting one, which obviously really, really annoyed Toto. But he's made it up with Cyril Abitibul. Um and uh, he's now going to be the second driver to Ricardo, so Ocon, the Frenchman, for a two-year contract, which is interesting again, two-year contract. You need to look forward to what's happening moving on. It does mean that you know they might say decide they want to put Russell on the team at the end of ne- half of through next year, or who knows. But, um, yeah, and then we now see that the likelihood that, that Hulkenberg's most likely output now will end up being at Haas with uh, his best mate, Kevin Magnussen. Um <clears throat> And they're now sort of the general feeling is Giovinazzi might will keep his drive, which, I think, which I think is generous because uh, he's done pretty much nothing and fell off this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is the the fact is that second seat at Alfa Romeo is owned by Ferrari, and so Ferrari want to keep Giovinazzi in, they'll keep Giovinazzi in. It's not really. A Can I just mention, by the way, that they messed up the whole IndyCar grid. And Kimi drove the whole weekend. Yeah, that was they, they put Ericsson on um, standby because Kimi had hurt his leg uh, playing tennis. Sorry, no, the motocross accident. Sorry. No, no, he was he was playing tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa Montoya was on the grid at uh, Spa. You may have seen him. And uh, was he playing tennis too? Uh, no, but uh, there were references to his tennis accident. Mm, yes, lots of tennis problems. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and then he, they pulled they pulled Marcus across. Marcus couldn't race in Portland, and uh, then he wasn't really needed. It seemed a little bit extreme. I, I do, do you know what I blame for that? I blame um, the fact there's no longer Concord. If we say Concord, that's a Concord type thing, isn't it? I know, Portland I need, is. I uh, need to get across really quick. I get in Concord. Coast. Well, I still think it's Concord. So I've, I've, I've oh, you didn't mean the Concord, Concord agreement. You actually <laughs> meant the supersonic airline yeah. agreement. Yeah, because that's the sort of thing. I can get across in three hours. Like, look, if you, if you can't drive, I'll come over in three hours and I can still do Portland. But now it's too much of a faff, so they have to do it. You know, that's my thought about it. But yeah, Ericsson, I'm sure he won't be a reserve driver for. Uh, Alpha next year, so he can do his whole season. It is nine o'clock, but before we leave, are we going to do more F1 after the uh, still to come? Or... Yes. All right. Well, you're going to let Nick finish his sentence. No, he had finished his sentence. Oh, that's fine. No, carry on. I don't mind. I, I thought still you to come. His I had done it. Right. I was, I was happy. That was that was it. Nick's got dessert delivered to him now, so he, was... needs, he really needs to talk. What does that I mean, do we not have to today? Talk. Well, you've you've had it. It's meringue and ice cream and fruit. Oh, no, it's it's much, much more than that. Is it much more than that? Okay. (laughs) Listen to Midweek Motorsport Series 14, episode 34. We're halfway through. Oh, sorry. You caught me off guard there. It's Midweek Motorsport. 
And here's what's coming up. Nick will be eating his dessert in the second hour tonight. Cher Adam will be talking about Portland IndyCar as we head towards the end of the NTT IndyCar 2019 series with the championship still in the balance. We'll have some ELMS and sports car news and we'll be talking IMSA as well as we go into the second hour of tonight. Uh, and the we'll have your thoughts as well on WEC, Formula 1 and all of the championships I've just spoken about on at Specutainment please on Twitter thank you very much indeed Midweek Motorsport Series 14 Episode 34 Midweek Motorsport on RadioLeMond.com so it's much much more it's lovely I've had half of it it's very nice yeah very good (laughs) can I just take you back to Free Practice 3 <laughs> to free practice three and the start of qualifying. Free practice three, Lewis Hamilton Dropped is it. charging down the hill yep. and had the most bizarre accident I have ever seen. Yeah, he kind of understood and overstood in the same corner. Almost at the same and time. And wobbled twice. into it and then didn't stop and just fell into the barriers. I actually yeah. thought he had a slow puncture, if I'm honest. The it most was bizarre accident you'd ever seen until the start of qualifying. Yes. Now... I was watching that in Barcelona, and I thought, that's convenient, isn't it? A car that's not going to be anywhere involved in qualifying has just... Grenaded. Hand-grenaded itself, and it has air engine by... Yeah, I think this, I think you're going down the, the Breitbart conspiracy theory world. Hit the big red button. No, no. Hamilton would have got out anyway. Plenty of time to do a time. That's just that's just tin hat stuff. And also, Kubitz uh, uh, was in a uh, weekend where he wasn't going to start at the back of the grid until that happened. Yeah, they were only getting nosebleed if he started 17th. Uh, no, it was it was it was a weird accident from uh, from Hamilton, but they yeah, he sorted it out by the but they repaired it. He drove well, um, and it was a unfortunate engine failure for both. Um, uh, was it Perez had one as well, didn't he? On, on the new engines in, earlier yes. on, and, and uh, that was Friday, Perez's was it? Yeah, and then the Kubica uh, went both of the new engine, and of course, um, did Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi blew up his brand new Ferrari as well. So these, um, this, this, whether the uh, the installation methods of these um, uh, customer teams are as good as the um, the uh, main teams, I don't know. However, Team Awful Williams were still just as yeah. Awful as they have been. I'm afraid Hungary was a full storm, wasn't it? Mm. When they almost got there, then another second off the back, and I'm sure there'll be a second off the back uh, again. Even though it's a very close, it, normally it's very close times, of course, at uh, Monza because it's only got four corners. It was. Um, yeah, However, I mean, can I just mention George Russell's fastest lap was a 148.8, mm-hmm. which meant that it was faster than Pierre Gasly's fastest lap. Yeah, that was a bit of a shock. It was faster than Daniel Ricciardo's fastest lap. Yeah, but that's not surprising. Ricciardo changed his tyres on lap one. It was and then ran the whole way on the same set. Only a few hundredths slower than Kimi Raikkonen's fastest lap. Mm-hmm. And it was faster than Sergio Perez's fastest lap. Just goes how missed any fastest lap can be, doesn't it? Hmm. Who, I mean, got, I think, I think who got the actual fastest lap? Uh, Vettel. Seb. Sebastian Vettel with his set of red tyres, but he actually did virtually nothing on when he went under them. Do, do we think he had a good weekend? No. 
and he was completely outclassed by Charles Leclerc and he should have come second and he came fourth is he going to finish the season? yeah he'll finish the season yeah 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 he'll finish the season um, the question that, that is was another do... conspiracy theory of course what? Uh, that Marcus Ericsson had been uh, flown to Belgium uh, not because of uh, Raikkonen's injury, but oh, because Giovinazzi yeah. or Raikkonen might have had to sit in a Ferrari. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, no, look, the thing is, is that I think I think Vettel will make the end of the season. I, you know, it, it, he's up in the air whether he wants to. If, you know, the writing is on the wall that he is going to be second fiddle to Leclerc. Does he want to do it? I mean, obviously, there's 20 million reasons for him to do it, and but then he's already got 100 million reasons in the bank. So it's kind of like, I, I don't know. It, 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 he's a, a strange fish because whilst he does come across very personable and very um, intelligent and very witty uh, man, you don't really know anything about him because he is so closed outside the track. So you don't know what motivates him. You don't know whether he he's desperate to see his kids grow up or he doesn't, you know, the, the, the commitment's are fine and he doesn't need the money anymore. And all that's happening at the moment is, and he is, despite what the pro- protestations of the driver at the time. And one thing you know about Fettel is he's a great study, uh, you know, he's a great student of the history of F1. It means a lot to him, the records. And what's happened over the last, he's just tarnishing his legacy the whole time. He's already pretty heavily tarnished and, and you kind of think, well, you're just going to get beaten again. So you kind of go, mm, I just don't know. But I, you know, I, I couldn't predict whether he'll stay or go. Um, probably he'll stay um, on the basis of the fact that Ferrari had the potential for the most improvement next year because they made the biggest muck up this year and it is very stable regulations so there is there is that kind of carrot at the end of the the, the carrot of light at the end of the tunnel is that there's a chance that they will get themselves way closer or even better next year so um, not sure basic thing is though is that uh, you know the Clare's finally got the, 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 the monkey off his back and he's won the race he won the race very well um, Lewis under under difficult emotional yeah, circumstances absolutely. for him because his mate obviously had, had away, died yeah. on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, John, that obviously helps to focus the mind, though. You know, I think I think it's a it's interesting a, point. It's a it's a but it was a great performance. He did everything right. He was helped by his teammate. It was a a good strategy for for him. You know, Mercedes did they stop Lewis two laps? Like I think the, the point really was is that Lewis couldn't get past the car on the straight anyway, even with even with DRS. So unless there was a bad some bad drive off the corner so you could get him up to um, the bus stop, it was very unlikely to get past. And Lewis doesn't need to send it because he doesn't need the 25 points. The 18 points are absolutely fine because Verstappen was scoring zero. And Bottas was scoring 15, who is major, his major threat. So, you know, it's another, well, another let's great Let's move result. on to points. Yes. We have eight races remaining. Yes. Uh, at what position, at what number of those eight races will Lewis win the title? Well, theoretically, Mexico. But he's had a really bad run in Mexico. Um, Mexico, Mexico is before Cota this year. So Cota is normally a banker for Lewis. Uh, I know he didn't win last year, but that was down to tyre issues. Whereas Mexico has been a bit of a a nightmare. However, (laughs) two things. First of all, the people who have been causing him a nightmare, mostly in Mexico, are Red Bull. But Red Bull were causing him that nightmare because they had Renault engines. It was the Renault engines that were particularly good in in, uh, the rarefied atmosphere up there. They've now got Honda engines, which aren't any better or worse than than, than that atmosphere. So um, I'd say Mexico. 
I think he'll get the 75 points he needs to be ahead by Mexico. 75 or 100, anyway, by Mexico. Uh, this is the Midweek Motorsport Series 14, episode 34. Nick Damon and John Hindoff are behind off Towers. Tim is up in London. Still to come, we'll have Shea Adam talking about uh, the American scene. And your tweet, please, at Tim, which is where these gems have come from. There's a fabulous piece of audio in the 1986 official Formula One review as narrated by Clive James, says Adrian Michael Vries, about Michele Alberetto before Monza had similar quote-unquote injuries to Kimi. And the quote is, miraculously, I can't do a Clive James accent at all, miraculously he recovered from injuries sustained from riding his motorcycle while showering. Fantastic. Uh, Martin Olberg says, I love it when you can access a feed with ambient audio. I'll not bother doing my job then. Thanks, Martin. Andrew, Andrew Muggeridge, action on the track always takes preference over going on the pits. I don't think my tweet was clear enough for John. I meant that if WEC race had been six hours and not four, I would have gone on Sunday. But as it wasn't, I didn't and went on Saturday instead. But the ELMS for... Uh, on Saturday, which was a fantastic race. John McCarthy, um, you can't... Okay. Um, you can't have ambient on a four-class endurance race. Ridiculous, never had Sky, never missed it, even when I had access to it. I think the full race on B- was on BT Sport. Could have been wrong. Okay. It was. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Uh, Rob Chalmers says, when you're talking about Williams, please, 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 just for once, just for the lowbrow comedy effect, can you put the pause before the awful? Yes, he says, I am a child. Team. Awful, awful Williams. Williams. Right, okay. Point Don't taken. Think it works. Uh, do you think it works better that no. way? No. I, I team think awful. The doing it was fine. Williams. Or team. Awful Williams. No. I'd expect your team and... Let's hope we haven't got to do that next year. Well, we've, we've been through that many times before. It gives us no joy at all mm. to talk to them in those terms, but frankly. <laughs> uh, hello. Um, Nosebleed being that high in the grid, not heard that in ages. A couple of things being said at the weekend. Uh, Kimmy's car, fast lap potential may have been slightly hampered by the fact the right side of the car was catapulted no one there. meter yeah. up the, to the, the, the air There was a big source. hole in the floor, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe, actually, when I saw that, I could not believe that Kimmy continued. I mean, not quickly, but he still no. continued. Um, uh, Martin Orbeck says, I, I, I can listen to your commentary instead of what the broadcast offers with the bonus benefit of having the... Uh, a, being able to adjust the level of engine sounds to the level I want over the top of the commentary. Brum. Thank you, Martin. <laughs> Going back to uh, point scoring, Nick. Yes, yes, yes. Assuming that Mercedes won't let Valtteri Bottas uh, win the title, mm. when does Lewis win the title? Mexico. In Mexico, he said that no, already. No, it could be earlier than that. Well, it could be earlier than that. It could be... Where are we? It could be... Mon- it could be... Um, Monza next week. No, it, it's Monza, Singapore, Japan. Could be Japan. Suzuka, theoretically. He's big in Japan. Tonight. No. He's big in the man all right. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it could be. I. I uh, is it right? Does it go Russia? It goes Russia, Japan, doesn't it? Yeah, Japan. Yeah. Japan is, is very possible. But Valtteri will probably win in Russia because it's his best track. They'll probably let him win this year. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Because last year, of course, they swapped it. Uh, this weekend, we're at Monza. Who's yeah. going to win there? No, no, we aren't at Mos- Monza. Formula, Formula One's, one's at Monza. At Monza. I'm at Cadwell Park on Saturday. I think that this is not really crystal ball stuff. I think Charles Leclerc is going to win. Do you? I think he's got the confidence and the speed. I think it's going to be a Ferrari. I think the result's going to be very similar to this week. It's a Ferrari lockout in qualifying. And Vettel and, will be terrible. And Vettel will come third or fourth and Lewis will be second. Where will team Awful Williams be? Um, On a power well, circuit like Monza? They'll, mm. be the two, they'll be the two positions. See, I don't like it that way, Rob. I'm sorry. They will run... Uh, efficient, clean races and finish whatever the position is of last runners. Mm. And Verstappen starting at the back will come through the fifth. Uh, this weekend on Saturday at Cadwell Park is a celebration of 60 years of the Mini. We've got some historic touring cars. 90 years of Ferrari this weekend. Yes, have you seen where they're celebrating? In Milan's Duomo Square. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They've got a big celebration. They've, got they've closed the square and filled got... it with old Ferraris. And old Ferrari drivers. And... People dressed in red. Mm. Ladies in red. Christoberg there. She isn't helping anybody. <laughs> and Chris Rear turns up and he suddenly runs the Ferrari. Uh, album isn't quite as good as you thought it might be. La Passione. Mm. We're on the road to hell. Uh, am I right in thinking there was no bikes at the weekend? No bikes in the top three um, categories, no. However, this Cause, weekend... Because MotoGP is on a two-week break for some reason. Yeah, but it's, what, it's World Superbike this weekend. Like and Mal. British Superbike. And British Superbikes, last, yeah. It's last of the real ones. It's a so fancy going up to Alton Park this weekend on the bikes. No, That's a pained expression on your face I've there, I've got Nick. a very big job to do on Sunday. Really? Yeah, very big job. It's you too much on information. Saturday, it's a triple header, so you could still see a race Can't on Saturday. go on Saturday. I've told you I'm at Cadwell Park. I was talking about Nick. Oh, no, no, I've got a very big job on Sunday. So, really? Yeah. You can talk to me about that later. Oh, no, I don't get, I'm not getting paid for anything. It's a family job. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm collecting newest member of family. It is a christening. No. It's a new puppy. It's a new puppy. Mm. Yeah, a new Does puppy. Does it have a name yet? Yes, it's called Vinny. Mm. And then, yeah, so he'll he'll he'll. Why he'll is become... it called Vinny? Vincent. Starry, starry night, Vincent. No, more Vincent Vega. Oh, who's Vincent Vega? Pulp Fiction. Oh, that no, okay, Vincent. Yes, it's, it's a boss. Yes. It, we're getting a little Boston Terrier. Right. And they've got kind of the black and white, like they're wearing tuxedos a bit. Kind yeah. of, look at there, look at there, look at that. You're so... You or part of his delicious, nutritious... Probably, yeah. Mm. No. You should uh, take that along to Cadwell Park. It'll be well at home. Probably he might. No. no. A bit uh, loud. But anyway, yeah, so that's... that's Boston, should, should... just down the road. Yes, it's wrong Boston. <laughs> Up the road, actually. You've got to go through Boston to get to Cadwell from where I am. Um, moving on. Uh, Formula 2 at Monza will be going ahead, but with only 17 cars. Yes, this. I mean, this. Is, I, I sort of mentioned this earlier on, the, the knock-on mm, effect. Yeah, very sad. Um, Trident has had one of its cars seized by the authorities, uh, which means that Giuliano Alessi will get the second car. Which is not his car. Which is not his. It's Ralph Borschung, and yeah, that, he, he'll, he'll lose that car. Silly then. question. Are there no float cars in F2, then? Apparently not. I thought they used to be. Meantime, GP2. Yeah. Juan right. Manuel Correa, who is now in an intensive care unit in UK, UK um, he won't be replaced, so it'll just be one car for Arden. 
Callum, uh, uh, well, he drives for sorry, Sauber. Uh, Callum Eilert co- will be in that car. Correct. Uh, and Sauber uh, and, and Tatiana. And uh, will have Tatiana Calder yeah. on in one car. Is that the lowest number of cars we've had then? Yeah. Yes, I remember a race where two cars were banned from taking part because they might not have been used in the spec parts, um, but that would uh, have been in the days when there were 26 starters anyway, so that would only take them down to 24, so yeah. Um, we Obviously, we talked about Antoine Hubert at the start of the, the programme. Um, Juan Manuel Correa is facing what's been described as a very lengthy rehabilitation uh, after his injuries uh, and the surgery surgeries that he's had once he's been stabilized he'll be going back to the states uh, and uh, we wish him um, the best of luck and what we should say as well is that the the FIA are um, in the middle of an investigation. There's a criminal investigation as well, of course, because that's the way it, it has to be. It right. has to yeah. be. Yeah. So don't read, you know, uh, in all the hair on fire silliness about what goes on and around the tragedy of a young driver losing his life, um, the car being impounded, Giuliano Alessi's car being impounded, a legal investigation, that is... Um, standard operational procedure in many places in Europe including Belgium so we don't read too much uh, into that the FIA are holding their own investigation of course and the race director Michael Massey um, said earlier on this week that the technical committee the technical department had already started that mm-hmm. investigation um, and There'll be no further comment on the crash until the investigation is concluded, which is absolutely correct in terms of that. Yeah, the last thing you want is any form of speculation. They need to gather all the information. They have more camera angles than were available to the TV. They'll have all the GPS. They'll have a complete ability to rebuild the accident. They'll have the G meters as well. I personally um, can see what can see with the main cause of what's happened. It's an absolute tragedy, and I'm not sure how you legislate against it, to be honest. The, the only thing I would say about it is, and, and it, it wasn't directly involved in the incident that cost Antoine his life, is I've never seen so many F3 cars so sideways through the middle F2. of... Uh, sorry, yeah. F2 cars, rather. Mm. So sideways through the middle of Eau Rouge. They were bottoming out there. Yeah. Pietro Fittipaldi had a very similar accident when he snapped sideways and then went driver's left. Um, Alessi got sideways and that's what set off the yeah, chain of events but yeah. all of the cars that went through there remember it was the, it was the middle of lap it was the start of lap 2 when they're all very heavy and I don't know whether they were riding particularly low whether the bump in the middle of Eau Rouge on the way up on the right hand apex has got worse I don't know but it, that was the first thing I, I, and, I, and I'll put my hand up and say that when the accident was first reported, I did go and search out the video. At that time, I didn't know that Antoine had been killed. I've not gone back to it since, and I have no need or interesting thing interesting is, going as back of to today, it. they're talking about bringing forward um, putting gravel traps back there because the tarmac um, is 
I think is a problem. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't scrub speed. I know, and the cars have got faster with with the you know you do go flat out through Eau because you've got a, a big margin either side. So the gravel could work on two levels. It's just I, yeah, it's, it's just a tragedy, and it's you know the word accident is a key point. It's an accident, and this will learn from it. It's nothing deliberate. Let's learn from saying. it. But yeah. I, the, from one viewing I had, which I didn't want to have, like you, that was enough for me. Um, I think it looks like I'm not quite sure how you legislate for that. You know, it's motor racing. Motor racing, as you say, is da- I know it's a cliche, but motor racing is dangerous. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Midweek Motorsport. It's uh, Series 14, Episode 30. What did we say? 34. <laughs> Let's make it up. <laughs> no, I think it's 34 tonight. Keep the tweets coming in, please, if you wouldn't mind to add spectatainment. Uh Warful Williams has been offered as well from Adrian Michael Weave. I'm not sure alliteration is suitable, is uh, okay. appropriate for that, is it? No, no, it's team. No, it's not. Team I can't. Awful pause, Williams. Yeah, I think it has to be that. Uh, good let's news. Say, uh, let's say good evening to Cher Adam, who is riding out the hurricane in Florida at the moment. Hello, Cher. Hey, John. It's oh. a bit north of me right now. It's up by Daytona. All right. Okay. So everything all right in Fort Lauderdale then? Uh, more or less. My parents' house uh, dealing with a little bit of a leaky AC unit. But other than that, all, all fine here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a rather massive flood in their First house. And so I'm trying not to alarm them. No, indeed. That's right. pro- probably just as well as they're <laughs> still... Uh, Sorry, go on, Nick. So apparently, I'm afraid of I can't hear myself anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, apparently, uh, Shay's pot plant got blown over, uh, and that was it. You know. Let's move on. I think on. it was a rose. <laughs> uh, uh, Shay's with us, with us tonight to talk what? Well, first of all, good news. Hooray! The rain has stopped in Chesley Street. Oh, oh excellent. And Essex uh, are now 49 for one. Right, is okay. it, Are they still getting 28 overs, or is it a kind of a... No, they're a bit short. Yes. Uh, they've finished six overs now, so they have, if they have time before uh, 10 o'clock, th- another 14 overs. And in the football, Southern Group E of the EFL Trophy, it's Newport County 4, West Ham United under 21s 3. After don't want to talk Sounds about like that. We lost 3-2 th- last night. Did you? I don't want to really talk about football, but never mind. Uh, our, our, game's been, our, our game's been postponed at the weekend because we have too many people on international duty mm. in the third division. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we've got Shea on now. Uh, at least we're not... To, well, we did talk a little bit about cricket. Max Verstappen. Is that still the game from last week, John? Yes, that is the <laughs> still the game from two weeks ago. It's the, it's the same test match that from we were having at uh, VII. Yes, that's right. Where would you like to go with Shea, Tim? I'd like to say Max Verstappen uh, was not uh, the best performing Dutchman of the weekend uh, because he was at uh, Portland on Saturday where he won yet another race. We're talking about Rhinus VK. Yeah, he's very good, isn't he? This young man who has been... Well, he's he's got the same backing, hasn't he, as, uh, as, as young Verstappen? Because he's got, he's got Yumbo, Yumbo backing as well, hasn't he? Yes. Yep. And on Sunday's yeah. second race, we had a debut winner, debut win for a British driver. Oh. Is that in the in um, Indy, Lights. Indy Lights race? Yeah. 
Toby Sowerby. Well, the other big news about Indy Lights is that um, Oliver Askew looks like he's be cha- uh, crowned the champion. Indeed, he so is. that's that, another one that's of Jeremy's where was, boys. Where I was coming on to next, Oli Askew. Uh, although the season is not over and it's not official, uh, it's virtually impossible for him to be caught unless he gets deducted points for being disqualified. Mm. But now the big question is, where does he go next year? Because IndyCar, not very many seats open for him. No, we had some more uh, IndyCar drivers uh, find or letting us know where they're going to be next season, didn't we, Shay? In the form of James Hinchcliffe announcing that he is going to be with McLaren, which is interesting. Um and who else was there? I can't remember, honestly. I haven't been that much up on the news. No, I can't remember now either. I've asked not, a question I know not the answer to. It was not uh, not any big names. Uh, let's move on to the race itself, which was... Um, he's, he's, I, I made a massive technical error. On Sunday night, here because oh. yeah, um, a tactical <laughs> error, yes, because I decided that I would sit up and watch it. It started at half past nine, um, Barcelona time, and I thought that's all right. I've only got to be up at four the next morning. I'll watch it. What? I'd watch half an hour, and mm. and then I got dragged into it. Graham Rahal um, was uh, made a massive <laughs> Don't mistake. Say that louder, Nick. Idiot. Well, you see, now this is interesting. <laughs> this is very interesting. This was turn one. This is Portland International mm-hmm. Raceway. Uh, it's a drag strip, literally down to turn one, which is a left, right, left which flick. Which is a right. It's a right, left, right. Oh, sorry, right, left, right, yes. Right. Correct. Um, Graham and Rahal, I think, was going left, right, left, and that's possibly what caused the issue. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand, Cher, is... After the um, the pillorying that was given to Takuma Sato for driving in a straight line uh, at uh, Pocono, why did why did Graham Rahal not get the same sort of calls for a ban for what was all right a genuine mistake, but still a mistake that took out five cars? Um, because. People are very acutely aware of their emotions when it comes to oval racing, as opposed to racing on a road course or a street course. So a move that was a slight reaction, which, as we saw with with Sada, there was no movement from his hands. He wasn't coming down on Rossi. But any sort of a tremor tends to send people into overdrive on an oval, you expect this sort of thing happening going into turn one on a street course. Look at St. Pete. It invites the exact same sort of a reaction. The truth of the matter is Ray Hall did not cover himself with glory. He ran into Veach. There was uh, Max Chilton who hit the back of uh, Pagano, spun Pagano around and hello, second in the points in the championship. You talk about people having really relevant races. It was just one of those things that, it was a chain reaction, but perhaps the sense of danger wasn't as great at Portland as it was at Pocono. 
Mm. One of the things that we should point out is that qualifying was not great for any of the people at the top of the championship. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Tim. Um, Newgarden and Pagano both qualified way back in the field. Dixon was the only one of the top four in the championship to actually make it into the six. Colton Herta getting another pole position. It was a really good effort by him. But it was Dixon who looked like he had the most to gain throughout the race. And then he was let down again by his car when he was in the lead. So that was another really heartbreaking moment for Scott Dixon fans. And Joe Garden even joked at one point and said, I think maybe we've got Scott Dixon's mojo. Don't know where it's gone, but clearly it is not with that team. A battery problem for Scott Dixon. And uh, that was a, a Honda battery uh, at least a Honda car that had a back, which happened, it looked as though it had happened, something similar had happened to Santi Ferrucci as well. Yeah, so clearly it's something that the manufacturer is going to want to do some investigating into because Ferrucci coming to a stop on the front straight when he was doing okay throughout the race, but Dixon from the lead when he needed to win the race and win at WeatherTech Race by Laguna and then hope for a lot of misfortune for the other two. He was doing everything that he needed to try and make that happen to keep his championship alive. Well, now that is truly gone for this year. His teammate did really well, though. John Felix Rosenfest finished second. Yeah, which is great news for him in the rookie championship. Yeah, because there's a very tight battle between Ferrucci and... And uh, Rosenfest, and it is going to come down to the final race of the season, which is good because you like it when the championships do that. Double points at WeatherTech Race by Laguna Seca sort of changes the feel for the overall championship because then everybody is still in it. And ultimately, we'll talk more about a couple of weeks' time, but Newgarden just needs to finish in the top four to ensure that he gets the championship. But for the rookie, it's going to be a little bit more complicated than that. Colton Herta had a good race, so he now has 316 points. But as a result of Portland, Felix Rosenfist has 365, and he is above Santino Ferrucci, now back with 339. Those two were swapped in positions going into the weekend, graded by two points. So that's a British driver. And by the way, John, just before we move on from Portland, I think Will Power, P.O., mm to only race at tracks that start with PO because he's won all of them this year Pocono and Portland. Yeah, it was a good it was the a first good time he's won at uh, Portland and it's the 21st different circuit he's race he's won at in IndyCar. Gosh. It, it's so remarkable Will Power often he's sort of that presence who's just there. You expect him to win. You're not surprised when he does. But when we look back on his career in 25 years time We'll refer to him in the same category as the Michael Andretti because he truly is one of those great drivers who's just done it all. There is another current driver who's also won at 21 different circuits. Uh, Tony Canon. No, Sebastian Bourdais is correct. Sure, yes. Uh, can I just go back to his yes. rookie yes. title? Um, because yeah. obviously... Rosenquist and Herta, most of their points this season have come from road courses, whereas most of Ferrucci's points haven't. So does that mean mm-hmm. that Rosenquist, as well as having this thirty sorry, twenty six point lead uh, in the rookie championship, um has the advantage going into Laguna Seca? 
no, because Herda's name is legendary at Laguna Seca, uh, perhaps he, for he needs his Rosenquist. father not winning the race. He needs Rosenquist basically to not finish. Yes, and it is a stretch, but it happened in the last race of the season. And especially going into turn two at Laguna, there's not a great deal for people to fit out and make mistakes. It's the first time that any car has been back there for quite some time. A lot of tire deg. So it's going to be an interesting race to see how it all pans out. And when you've got Colton Herta, who has effectively four other cars, because Yes, he's starting Steinbrenner, but also under the Andretti umbrella. And then you've got Alex Rosenquist, who only has Scott Dixon. There's been more problems on the Ganassi side than there have on the Andretti side. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, when was the last time uh, IndyCar went to uh, Laguna Seca? Uh, when I was in elementary school? No. Nick Damon knows this. Six years ago, was it? No. Sure. Uh, Shay may well have been in elementary school. I suspect she wasn't. It was 2004. So, really? Yes. Yeah. Middles. <laughs> Middle school. Can I, can I ask a quick question? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, can we can we also call out another idiot? Yes, go on. <laughs> Ryan Hunter Ray. What was he thinking? Of? Absolutely, yes. With his teammate. What was he to thinking? Yeah. Of? To some extent, it was worse than Ray Hal's because he'd seen Ray Hal do it earlier and still did it himself. Absolutely. And, he, and it was his teammate who's battling teammate. for the championship. I know. What, what, what is that about? Is there a problem between but, the two of them? Well, that's a good question. Sure. Well, is there yeah. a problem between Rossi and, and Hunter here? There's a vacuum right now in Andretti because everybody's talking about Rossi. Rossi's been the guy in the championship the last two years. But Hunter Ray is also a former Indy 500 winner. He is also, well, he has a series championship, whereas Rossi does not. He wants to assert that he is just as much, if more, important a part of the team than Alexander Rossi is. And everybody's been fixated on Rossi this year. I think to Hunter Ray, it's getting a little bit old. And he wanted to sort of prove, hey, look, I'm not somebody's number two. I'm not going to move over and make this guy's life any easier. If he wants to win, he's going to have to do it himself. Yes. I think there's only one person who thinks Ryan Hunter Ray is uh, better than... Uh... Alex Rossi, though. Is, it, is his name Ryan Hunter Ray? It, it may well be. Yeah. Uh, we did find out the uh, new IndyCar calendar at the weekend. Oh, you published. love a bit of calendar news, yes. don't you? But there was nothing new about this because we already knew it. Because we, as we mentioned uh, after Pocono, uh, we in fact, maybe before Pocono, that we wouldn't be going back there and we were going to Richmond instead. Yeah, the the biggest change is the movement of CODA. Uh, Circuit of the Americas now featuring April 26th, though it is the fourth race on the schedule instead of the first one. That's a big change. Um, the other thing is that IndyCar is taking a, a vacation. They're doing a, a nice break, long summer yes. break between, between just a lot. Go on, sure. And then, which is when we are at Lyme. Uh And then Mid-Ohio, we're at uh, where? Oh no, we're off that weekend. But basically, they're taking a month off for the Olympics, whereas IMSA is continuing to broadcast throughout. Which is interesting because IMSA's broadcast partner, like the NTT IndyCar series, is NBC, which is America's IMSA, uh, America's Olympic channel, as well as their IMSA and IndyCar channel. Uh, that's an interesting one. And, you know, we, we talked about that with Scott Atherton on. 
uh, on the Ask Atherton show that we did a few weeks ago here on Midway Motorsport, and he was quite pleased that they were going to have some Olympic events that uh, would lead into uh, IMSA races. Uh, NASCAR, of course, aren't taking a break for the Olympics uh, either. No, they're, gonna... they're not in on NBC at that time of no, year, are they? Uh, that, very before, good point. That was the point I was about to go to. Yes, absolutely. Any more I mean, IndyCar news? To be fair, the Olympics are happening in Japan. Different and time zone. the time zone, zone difference mm. does mean it's very unlikely for anything that happens in the US to clash. Except you well, know and I know, Cher, that what NBC will do is do tape delay to exactly to uh, prime time for most of the events where they'd have Americans well, and, in them. And not only that, John, but on the weekends, they'll just do flat out 12 hour tape delays. So yeah. they'll start airing stuff at, say, 10 in the morning and then go until o'clock at night. And then they'll just repeat the cycle. So they do air new, quote unquote, Olympic events all throughout the weekend days. So it is interesting that they are shifting the schedule for IMSA, but IndyCar is not making the same compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to Midweek Motorsport. It's Series 14, Episode 34. Share Adam is on the line from Florida. And hello to everyone in Florida uh, at the moment, particularly in northern Florida, uh, southern Georgia, and up the Georgia coast there into the Carolinas. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you and that nasty weather that's going on at the moment. Shall we move to a bit of sports car? Can which I you? quickly do one oh, NASCAR yeah, yeah, of course, story? Of course you can. Uh, which is uh, that the time has come to replace NASCAR's car of tomorrow. Is, oh. that, the, is that the car of the day after tomorrow? No, now? It's, it's the car of Tuesday week. <laughs> <laughs> Two days before the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the replacement is a Dallara. Is it? What? Yes. Is it carbon fibre then? Uh, we don't Tim's... know much of the detail. Hang on. Delara are building the next NASCAR. Yes. Spa- they're building a space frame tube chassis. They Delara... are not. Delara have declined to comment. An announcement is uh, oh. imminent. Okay. According Extraordinary. To, uh, according to Racer magazine, uh, they will be making it. Is that Delara and Charlotte? I'd imagine well, Delaro at Speedway, Indiana. Yes, because I was going to say they have a US base in Indianapolis. Mm. Remember, they uh, already make uh, IndyCar and Indy Lights and Formula 3 and Formula 2 and GP3, yeah. which is now Formula 3. And, and KTM. And their own car. And Daytona prototypes for Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Um, and my new favourite car, which we'll talk about in a minute. Have you got a new favourite car? What's a new favourite car? You haven't told me. And it's a Delara. It's a Delara car. And you're going to be able to have one on the road. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, it's very, very expensive though, isn't it? No. You're thinking of a different car. We'll come on to that later. Um, Shall we move on to sports? No, you can move on to American sports cars. Um, The Monterey Sports Car Championships powered by McLaren. Yes. What is that? A bit of a bombshell. We normally talk (laughs) about driver changes. Now we've got a change of the event name. Yeah, and that was noticed when the entry lists came out. Um, I was going to say the schedule came out, but it's the provisional schedule the last time I checked. And by the way, big thanks to everybody in the IMSA office in Daytona, because I don't think there's anyone actually in that building. And if you are right now, what the heck are you doing on the fourth floor with (laughs) glass windows? Get out of there. But still put out all the entry lists. They did everything on time. But when you open the 
entry list, the first thing you see, IMSA Monterey Sports Car Championships powered by McLaren. And then there's a nice little arty logo of McLaren 720S. So, yeah, no no fault or all. At least mm. maybe we missed it while we were off in Spain having Sierras and Fiestas and empanadas. Everyone seems to think I, I did while I was over there. Um, but but that's a that's a big change. And congratulations to IMSA and Circuit for putting that together. Because that, that, I hope that bodes well for McLaren this weekend, particularly in the uh, pilot challenge. Yeah, this is the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in particular that we're talking about. Uh, the entry list is out. And I'm just sc- scanning down. Uh, with, you want me to give you the clips notes? Well, let me have a look. Ten, <laughs> ten DPIs, and yep, everything's changes. all right there. Everything says we're two LMP2s. Cameron Castle's uh, Jim French. Kellett yeah, Dalton Kellett, the, the Canadian. Seat. Yeah. Yep, he's back. Uh, he ran with that team at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, I want to say. So he's already uh, had one run in the car at the very least. GT uh, Le Mans eight with. Scan, no, no changes. changes there. Porsche having won the championship. And now, now, but what we do get, Shea, is Patrick Pele and Nick Tandy against Earl Bamba and Lawrence Vanteur. And the leashes are off in terms, they can't lose. Porsche can't lose the manufacturer championship. So they can trade paint as much as they want. And as both, um, both crews have told me, Patrick and Nick and Earl Bamber and Lons Vanto, they're allowed three warnings during the year and not, none of them have got any yet. So this could be a crash wreck. <laughs> Wait, three three each? Like yes. three per driver? No, three oh, per, three per entry. Yeah, three per entry That oh. is what Porsche have said. We'll, we'll warn the cars, we'll warn the teams three times each. This oh, well, be unbelievable. that's all going to be on, on Nick and Earl. <laughs> uh, GTD, um, Matt Campbell and Zachary Robichon put back together again for FAF Motorsport. Um, They're... Go on. In, in that car, it's it's an interesting reunion because last time Matt drove with them was at Road America when they won the race. He was right Motorsport at Lime Rock and right is not running again this weekend. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how Matty to a circuit he's already been to. Remember, he has raced at Laguna a couple of times. So for Matt Campbell, not a learning experience. We have uh, Justin Corey and Lewis Nielsen. Back. Yeah, Corey Lewis back in the 48 with Brian Sellers, uh, yep. which is and the Christina Lamborghini Huracan, and Christina said. back with uh, Catherine Legg in the 57 Heinrich Racing with Maya Shank Racing Acura. Uh, and why is that relevant? Because she has won here before. And so has Catherine. And And they are the only car in the field where both drivers, in in GTD, where both drivers have previously won at the circuit. Oh, really? That's a great start. I'm 99% sure. I'm just going through my homework for the first time. But uh, at least from initial look, uh, no, they're one of two cars. The other one being the Patmobile. Ah, yes, of course. Good call. Yep. Very good call um have we got entry lists for a mission pilot yes. challenge as well well let's have a quick look at those then whilst we're um, on uh any big changes there in gs yes yes big change in both classes we no longer have the euro parts audis both of the R8s are no longer running in GS, and the number 12, which was for Ryan Nash and Russell McDonald, has been withdrawn from TCR. 
But interestingly, Road Shagger Racing is around. So yay for the six. And they're going to be looking for a good weekend to bounce back for Gavin Ernstone and John Morley after what was a very disappointing end to the VIR race. So that's the biggest um, sort of red flag you see on the entry list. Another change comes from Windward Racing. Dominic Bauman has stepped in to drive with Russell Ward. Dominic was with Lexus last year and who co-drove with Christina most recently at the 10 hours of Zuka to get the Pro-Am class win. So this is his first back is in that because Indy's, Is that because Indy Donchi is busy elsewhere? I would imagine so. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I'm just skimming through this because I'm seeing it for the first time. More speed are listed back. Now, are they going to be back with Rob Ferriol and Spencer Pumpelli? As far as I know, yes, they are. They're sort of testing the waters to see about running a full season next year. So we're going to run the last three races of 2019. So we should see them for the Road Atlanta event as well, which is good news because they had a pretty impressive debut during the race at VIR. Uh, another change that might stand out for you is Core Motorsports running second car after their race win last time out. And Ari Balog and Greg Leifuge running with their third different team in their third different kind of car this year. Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun too. Uh, looking down through the GS entry, I'm also looking at what's that there mark ramsey and alexandra premat for ramsey racing in the mercedes and it's a little bit funny john because last year they ran every race except for the last two and now they're coming in starting the season at the penultimate round and we'll have to ask them if they're going to come back to road atlanta as well because that would mean that they've done a full season of racing over the course of two, two calendar seasons. years yes gary ferrer yeah. sorry nick go ahead I'm just looking over your shoulder. I want to ask a question because I haven't been following it. Yeah. Are the alphas any good? Yeah, yeah. No, they've been there or thereabouts at times. Thanks. Sorry. They're, they're, they're lovely. There's <laughs> they're a red one and a black one. Yeah, there's a red one and a black one, but the red one is often not always all red because it's had panels knocked off it. <laughs> okay, right, fine. Yeah. It that was, that, I, has, I, I will uh, leave it to the experts now. It's all live and free. Yeah. No geoblocks. You can always watch it. Uh, Gary Ferreira comes in with Chris Wilson into Automatic Racing's 97 car. And Akil Rabinda is back again uh, with Rob, Auckland, uh, Rob Eklund Jr. in the 09 car. So that's 97 and the 09. So Automatic running one old car and one new car. 97 should be the old car. And yes. the 09 should be the new car. That is the car that Gary Ferreira prefers. It's the car that he knows. So we should be seeing the old car from the 97. You are correct. I'm just saying, I'm starting to take some interest in this. Um, Colin (laughs) Colin Mullen in TCR. Just having a quick look through TCR. Uh, The two alphas are the same. Um, Julian Van Van Der from uh, Cape Town back with JDC Miller Motorsports. Another a South African driver. They've had success, of course, with Stephen Miller. Uh, Stephen Miller. Um, uh, with Stephen Simpson uh, in the past. Yeah, that is an interesting car because uh, we weren't necessarily going to see it back again at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, but because of how VIR went, where they didn't actually take the green flag out on the track, there was some sort of fuel pickup issue if memory serves correct so they've come back to try again and gabby chavez the second driver in that car uh, the other big 
Yeah, really was. Um, the other change comes from L.A. Honda World, where not only are we getting the 73 back for the first time since it won the race at Watkins Glen back in June, so that's Matt Pombo and Mike Lamara, but no more Max Fuckner in the number 52. He announced on social media that he was stepping away from are uh, not necessarily of his own liking, but Harry Chung is going to be driving in the 52 with Colin Mullen, at least for this next upcoming race. And he's a guy who's got a lot of Ferrari experience, so he's used to a lot of power beneath the right foot. It's going to be quite a big difference. Uh, staying on the Honda theme, we all have the Hart team coming back in. So the 89 will be nicely back in the paddock once again this weekend. And that's good to see. Uh, and that is not this weekend, but next weekend. And we'll be on the air Correct. from the US next week for Midweek Motorsport when we will be uh, at or around WeatherTech Raceway uh, Laguna Circuit. You've got Ferrari Challenge this weekend, uh, almost on home ground for you for the last American, <laughs> uh, last USA event for the uh, Ferrari Challenge USA. You're down at Homestead. Yeah, it's a good field. We're just hovering around 40 cars, which is pretty small for what we're we're used to. Um, so it's going to be a, a nice way to send them off for the last round in the U.S. this weekend. There was a lot of concern with the hurricane coming in, with teams being able to get in and set up. They have a free practice day all day today and all day tomorrow. And then the real practice starts on Friday. You you really do get your bang for your buck with your dollar when you go to Ferrari Challenge. The amount of track time you get there is mm. staggering. Um, but severe thunderstorms in the forecast for Friday, Saturday, and possibly Sunday. So I will need my rain jacket. Mm. All right. Shit, thank you very much indeed. Speak to you. I'll, well, I'll see you next week in, in California, which sounds good to me, to be quite honest. Oh no! Don't disappear! Yeah, don't disappear! To... Don't disappear! We haven't done um, we haven't done okay. twenty four hour series. So before you go, oh, yeah. we've, we've we've the next race, of course, is the TCR Spy, Spa five hundred, which is the longest endurance races uh, race for just TCR cars. That's in October, um, and we'll have the final of the Hankook twenty four hour champion of the continent series at Kota, but we rounded up the european series at the at the 24 hour of, of barcelona what a race what a race have you actually figured out uh what happened yet john because i think there was still steam coming out of our ears the last time that we spoke uh, the the ultimate time says 10.481 seconds that was the difference at the line for the last lap between first and second overall. But as you said a bit earlier to uh, Nick and Tim, the battle went on nonstop throughout the course of the race, and it was a bit exhausting to try and follow. And it could have been a very different result because Sven Muller got back into the car with just under two hours remaining in the race when Paul Trustwell had been talking about the fact that This was the Porsche that eventually finished second, yeah. Yes, that, that Sven could not take the Herbert Motorsport Porsche at the end because that would go over the pro time allotted between Renauer and Mueller. Well, when I went over and I was talking to um, Robert. Uh, yeah, Robert, yeah, Robert. Robert was driving. Alfred was just there because he's got a bad back at the moment. Correct. He'd, be, he'd, he, been, he'd he... been team managing in Super Cup at Spa and then dropped back down to Barcelona. And you, you spoke Correct. to him, and, and he, he actually, I'm not sure he was aware of it. 
he wasn't because after the race hey thank you for that they had to bring Sven Muller back into the pit lane thankfully they were able to do it under a code 60 but they then pulled Mueller out of the car and put Ralph Bone one of their amateur drivers back into the end of the race so Ralph Bone was up against Dennis fantastic superstar is Dennis he's going to take after his uncle Mags uh, Jan Magnussen for sure in terms Dennis of Dennis Lynch car yes career. yeah absolutely yeah. agree but it wound up coming down to an amateur versus a professional, and still the gap was ten and a half seconds after twenty-four hours worth of racing. But the interest it was just it, excellent. It race. was extraordinary. All those people who turned out from about half past nine, ten o'clock on Saturday night, and stayed most of them till five o'clock in the morning oh. on Sunday. We couldn't. We could barely walk through the tunnel at Barcelona for all the people going backwards and forwards. It's. Yeah. I, I tell you what. Hancock didn't take very many used tyres home because everybody I saw was taking at least a, one tyre home <laughs> and great. some of them, really sev- several more. It was fantastic. Many happy plants. Though. Many happy plants, yes. Um, it, it wasn't the fact that it was 10.4 seconds at the end here. It, those two cars, the 77 Barwell um, Lamborghini and the Herbeth 91 running in black and white with the crossword on the side, no longer the plain boring white Porsche those I mean I, I, I am not exaggerating I could go back through it but I'm not sure there was much more than a minute between them other than when they did the pit stops the pit stops are long in Creventnik because yeah. uh, the the fueling is done very slowly with a um, a pistol grip but other than when they were doing their pit stops and an off sequence on the pit stops I don't think there was a minute between them no uh, definitely not out on the track in actual time the cars mm. were always competing and that's the other thing that you said during the broadcast if this is your first time seeing a sports car race or an endurance race then you have to understand that these two are seriously racing even if they're 48 seconds apart they're still going back and forth and trading tenths and that's the sort of pressure that applied the entirety of the race i mean i'm sure that all four of the drivers in Herbert, as well as all four of the drivers in the Barwell Lamborghini, were mentally exhausted at the end of the race because you couldn't relax. You couldn't unclench for half a second or else you were going to lose it. I want to go through a couple of other classes. Um, and, of course, there's two separate races. There's a GT race, which we were talking about there, and the TCE, the Touring Car Endurance Series. Uh, tip of the hat to young Benji Gother taking part in his first endurance race. He's uh, uh, the son uh, of... Um, Rold. Uh, Rold Gother. Thank you. He just went out, um, <laughs> out of my head uh, and and looked after by Stuart Hall. He was great. At GP Extreme came third overall, second in pro. They did have a nasty incident in the pit lane uh, on Friday practice when somebody in that car came in and they weren't speeding they were doing the pit lane speed limit 24 miles an hour and the ac motorsport um the man behind ac motorsport stefan perrin was getting ready to get in his car and he got knocked over and knocked wow. up in the air mm. ended up in hospital he's not very well uh and vincent radamacher tom boonen um and along with james k and the frenchman uh, michel detray were I mean, they were racing. They had a horrible weekend, frankly, from that moment on. Stefan, we wish you well. I know you've got a few broken ribs and the the sack around his heart was really? uh, was bruised. Yeah, oh, he was quite badly yeah. badly sorted out there, I'm afraid. CP Racing, the uh, guys came through really well. And congrats to all of the 
champions. I want to pick up on the ninth position car uh, of True Racing. This is one of two KTM GTXs, which oh. is a development of the crossbow. So it's a bigger, wider, meaner, lower, more powerful, more cylinders crossbow. It's got the canopy on the top. It's got completely different bodywork. It's got the same Dallara chassis underneath, all in carbon fibre. It's alleged that it's going to be a road car. Uh, we had the two Stucks, Johannes and Ferdy Stuck, along with Laura Kreihammer uh, and um, Mary Sarini in that car as well. They bossed the class. The car only rolled out two weeks ago. I loved it. Can't wait for the road car. Yeah, 33 lap advantage over the rest of the field, or second in class. Their sister car didn't have a completely flawless race. They spent too much time in the pits, honestly, trying to fix little things. But the KTM crossbow was a beautiful car to begin with. This GTX is something else. And every single time we walked over to the hospitality, we just had to stop and drool over it a little bit. So I apologize to all the KTM guys who had to clean all that up. <laughs> yeah, I've took many photographs of it. 991 class was hard fought uh, as well. Speed Lover took that in 12th position overall. And we'll be back with the final round of the circuit of the Championship of the Continents at quarter in November. You can hear and see that here live on mid on live on midweek motorsport loud live on rsl radio <laughs> show limited sure thanks very much Yay. did you i hope you enjoyed barcelona on uh, sunday night and monday yep great beach great food nice people lovely see that's the kind of uh, that is the kind of travel report that you need sure adam joining us uh, live from fort lauderdale tonight we'll finish off uh, with a bit of forward promotion for this weekend tim gray DT and not DTM. VLN returns this weekend. <laughs> We're all doing that with the wrong initials. It's Is the, that the Nürburgring by any chance? Uh, the uh, Nürburgring Nordschleife. It's the 42nd SAM DMV Grenzlandrennen. Of course it is. Oh, that one. Four-hour race. This is a four-hour race. We've had our one and only six-hour race of uh, the season already. Uh, quite a bit of VLN news, though. Right, fire away. Uh, because there are a couple of cars returning to the series. Uh, first of all, the Grello Porsche is back after two-race absence. Right, okay. But more importantly, the Volkswagen Jetta 16. Ah, the one that rolled onto its roof in front of Martin Brundle. That's the one, yes. Mm. That is back. Right, excellent. Uh, they uh, have spent all summer uh, rebuilding it. Uh, after that collision with uh, uh, the BMW um, 328, was it? Yeah, I think it was. Of uh, Beach Schmitz. Uh, Stefan Lone uh, was uh, driving at the time. Uh, and uh, Norbert Mehrling, who was uh, one of his co-drivers, uh, put an appeal out on social media that uh, crowdfunded €20,000 uh, oh, to fix it. really? Yes. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and it is ready to go again this weekend. I should mention, actually, we did... And ha- you would think... Go on. ...that that might be the biggest story. No, but not no. At all. No. Uh, because we have a driver who is returning to Porsche after a 20-year gap. Really? Yes. And... One of the reasons he hasn't been uh, racing uh, for Porsche for 20 years uh, is because he's in charge of Opel. 
or was in charge of Opal. All right. That was Volker Strychek. Volker Strychek is going back to Porsche. Yes. Well, that's that is that is certainly at least twenty years because when I was working at RML in two thousand, he was already head of Opal Performance Centre or PC, and he'd been there for a few years. And we're at twenty nineteen now, so he'd been there at least a couple of three years. That's he, extraordinary. He will be in a Porsche Cayman GT4. CS. Wait a minute! Wait, whoa, whoa, stop! But he normally drives the mighty Manta with the Foxtail. He will be in a Porsche Cayman GT4 CS. Is that a new one or an old one? Uh, this is... Is that the new six-cylinder car? Uh, hang on. I'm just the new four-litre four six-cylinder car. Mm. It is a new car to this team. I don't know whether it's a new right. car. I shall scan that. Uh, Axel and Max Friedhoff, uh, the other two drivers. Um, in the... Uh, I feel the Foxtail may be point waning. by Rothfuss best Gabionvar Can I, uh, team. Is the um, is the Fricadelli Porsche racing? Because they were at Barcelona at the weekend with the 31 car, which they run in as the 31 car also, uh, ironically, in, uh, sorry, coincidentally, in VLN. And actually they were doing pretty well till they got a couple of punctures and, and knackered a, a rear floor on that. And, and Fricadelli, like Wachenspiegel, are one of the people who haven't been happy with... Um, the, the VLN balance of performance Wachenspiegel have committed for the whole season to to um, Hankook 24 hours. I can confirm that Volker Strychek will also be in the Opel Manta. Oh, okay. Well, with, that's uh, all, all is right with the world. And, uh, Peter Haas. Thank goodness we'll have an audience for watching it then because otherwise <laughs> nobody would have tuned in. Nobody at all. Uh, and that's, that's Saturday morning, is it? It is. Yes, coverage starts at 10.15 in the UK. And that's on RS1? Or 3? RS3, or, I believe. RS3, OK. RS3 and in sound and vision as well, of course. Yes. Excellent. And that's Johnny and... Paul Truswell. Ooh, all right, OK. Excellent. You told me that. No, so well, I hope I'm... you're right. I've no clue. I just I just do what I'm told. Uh, I don't think Essex are going to do this. What? Win. They've got 15 balls remaining. Oh, uh, really? They've lost a fourth wicket recently and they still need 32 runs. The run rate's just not good enough for Essex. So let's assume the Lancashire have won that so that we can say goodbye. Okay. <laughs> okay, excellent. If you didn't see the Hancock 24 Hours of Barcelona, listen to the archive. 38 times the the lead swapped and most of those were on the track it was absolutely extraordinary uh, thanks to Nick Damon who was alongside me at Hindhoff Towers up in London was Tim Greer our executive producer Shea Adam was leaning at 45 degrees against the winds of the hurricane in Fort Lauderdale and of course the responsible adult was just everywhere quite frankly uh, and there's no time to explain because the llama is in the Eiffel Mountains at the weekend this programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.